Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Are you a football fan looking for the latest analysis and news on the Jacksonville Jaguars? You're in the right place. Lock and deal, baby. Welcome to the Gen Jag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Move those chains. Here's your host, Jordan. Duval, welcome to the 66th episode of the Gen Jag Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo, joined as always by Scott Klein. How are we doing today, Scott? Doing good. It's a bit dreary outside, a little rainy. It is a little dreary. But feeling uh, good to be back in the studio. Yeah, back in the new and improved <laughs> yeah. Bold City Brewery studios. Thanks to Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jag podcast. You can find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. You can also find two of their um, most popular beers coming in cans to a store near you. 1901 Red Ale and Vernon's Pilsner is are both going to be in cans, so make sure to check those out. Gas stations, uh, grocery stores around town. It's exciting. I know. We know Hunter's excited. excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Hunter's not here today. He's doing some coaching activities, uh, so we'll give him a pass on that one. But if you want to heckle him, you can know, go do that on Twitter at Coach H underscore Evans. You can follow Scott Klein on Twitter at ScottKlein1, and you can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. Make sure to check out GenJag.com if you've got any Jag fans in your life that need some new gear. We've got some really fun stuff coming out. Our Duval Trucker snapbacks, the first batch sold out within like five or six days. So we've got another order coming in. You can pre-order them currently on the website, but they won't be in for a little while now. And every hat order on the website now comes with a Duval sticker that has the same logo uh, or same design from the Duval Trucker Snapback on it. So that's an exciting little perk we're throwing in there from now on. There's a bunch of other fun stuff on the website, too. You can check out UCF Jaguars videos, listen to past podcasts, check out some of our blog posts. It's all on genjag.com, so check it out. Also, if you could please... Uh, rate us and review us on iTunes Podcasts. If you're listening on iTunes Podcasts, that would greatly help us out. The more positive reviews and ratings you get, the higher you can jump up in the rankings and the more people we can get listened listening to the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Follow us on SoundCloud as well. Um, not a whole lot of news to get into. The Jaguars have been having a lot of visits with, uh, with players that are going to be in the upcoming draft, but... Some of these visits, I'm sure, are legit interests. Some of them you don't know. Could just be a little bit smokescreen. The Jaguars have drafted several players that they've had visits with in the past, but most of the players that they've had visits with, they have not drafted. Yeah. So you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt. You don't, you don't really want to be sending out the message, hey, we really like this guy. Obviously, you know, some of those, there's genuine interest there. But... You know, some guys they might be sold on and feel like, hey, we don't need to meet, we don't need to have a sit down with this guy. You know, we've talked with him at the combine, or or uh, in a number of other places. So there's a lot of deception going on, whether we know about it or not. Yeah, no doubt. And um, 
Other than that, in terms of football, there's not too much news. Uh, the new uniforms are going to be coming out uh, about two weeks from now, 15 days. Uh, April 19th will be the State of the Jaguars. We'll talk about that more next week, and I'm sure leading up to that. So that'll be exciting to see the new uniforms. The Jaguars did uh, have a little April Fool's joke on Twitter. I don't know if you <laughs> saw that. They basically posted a post that had different-looking uniforms in it, um, which they actually, I believe, were the Pro Bowl uniforms. They just put teal on Ramsey's jersey yeah, instead of red. Yeah. But they basically had it was like it was a leak of the jerseys. but <laughs> Not quite like the Tennessee Titans leak. Yeah, which is apparently legit. And my God. Yeah, those, those uniforms are not pretty. Those are awful. The Titans are screwing everything up. They're supposed to have like a uniform unveiling. That gets screwed up. You know, two years ago, they thought they were going to win the division. They screwed that up. The Jaguars ruined that for them back at Everbank uh, when they just they ended Marcus Mariota's season and uh, kind of went to town on the Titans that day. <laughs> last year, Jalen Ramsey got his first pick. Yeah, pick six. Pick six yeah. Last year, the guy gets a tattoo of 2017 and AFC South champion. <laughs> not, not so fast, buddy. I like the road they're going down. Yeah, <laughs> keep keep it up. Keep up the good work. And I, I mean, I'll go on the record saying I don't think. Vrabel was a good hire. Yeah. I think he could be a good head coach one day, but I think he's too brash and green as a coach. I know he's a great football guy, but as a coach, he's pretty green. He, you know, he, I think, was only a defensive coordinator for two seasons, and he had no previous coaching experience before that, I don't believe. So uh, hey, he might have been like the linebackers coach there for a little bit, but he's come up really quickly, oh, yeah. and he's hot-headed. He kind of gives off the aura of being arrogant, in my opinion. Yeah. And I've, I'll I've, see if it works. He's the complete opposite of Mike Malarkey. Yeah, he is. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Uh, the Jaguars did make one big move since, I guess you would call it big, yeah. <laughs> since we last gathered. Uh, Cody Kessler, the Jaguars traded for. Former Brown, Jaguars traded a 7th round pick, conditional 7th round pick, to the Browns to acquire him. Basically, if he doesn't make the roster, and if he doesn't, uh, if he's not active for 6 games next season, (laughs) then the Jaguars conditional pick that they're sending over to the Browns, the conditions won't won't be met, so then the Jaguars won't be giving up the 7th rounder, basically. So if they like him, they're getting a good backup quarterback. If they don't like him, they can cut him and lose nothing. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's easy, painless. Yeah. Now, Kessler is the backup quarterback. I don't want anybody being like, (laughs) oh, competition for Blake. That's not what's happening here. Kessler's going to be the backup quarterback, and if they like him enough throughout camp, they'll probably keep him on as the number two. What this does do is give the Jaguars a lot of flexibility heading yep. into the draft. They don't have to address quarterback in the draft if they don't want to now. Yeah, before before with just one on the roster, you would expect them to have to take somebody at some point in the draft. And if you're throwing a fifth, maybe even a fourth round pick on a guy, maybe even a first. Yeah. I don't know. It's been floating around a lot. Yeah. But that's answering, that's especially later on, the quarterback position goes so early that you, you really just it's like throwing just they're throwing darts. You hope you hit something, you know. Um, at this point, you don't have to unless you just love a guy right. for where he's at, and it's great. I mean, there aren't a lot of holes in this, so we can take every opportunity at every pick in this draft to just get better. Yep, we don't have to be pigeonholed into taking a guy who might not be the best. But he fits a need. There's not one position that they have to take in the first three rounds. No. There's not. There's positions you could see as the biggest weakness, but there's no position that's truly bereft of talent on the roster. Yeah. There's, not, there's not one. So uh, they're really flexible there. Um, again, he is going to be the backup. Looking at his resume, you know, he was picked at the end of the third round by the Browns in 2016. He's out of USC, had a really nice career at USC. Uh, he's 24 years old. He'll be 25 when the season starts. He started eight games in his career, six touchdowns, three interceptions. 
That's obviously not bad. 63.8% completion percentage, not bad. 87.4 rating, not bad. He was 0-8 as the Browns' starting quarterback, but the Browns over the last two seasons have won one game, so that's not really <laughs> saying much. He didn't have a whole lot of talent around him to help him out. Uh, 6-1, 220 pounds. It's a pretty good decision maker. You can tell by the completion percentage and the touchdown-interception ratio. But he has an average arm and isn't going to take a lot of risks. So, I mean, that could be a good type of backup to have. You know, just steady as he goes. He's not going to risk throwing a lot of interceptions. He could probably come in, complete some short passes, and hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette over and over again. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) to be honest, if he gets into the game, they're not really going to ask him to do what he isn't already comfortable doing, which is if you watched him with the Browns, it was underneath. Every time. Right. Underneath, no matter what. If they're down 14 with five minutes left to go in the game, <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. I, Cody I mean, Kessler is not phased. He will go, he will go dink and dunk the whole way. Receivers. Yeah. Uh, Especially with the way they want to do is higher. He has a higher completion percentage than Blake Bortles does. Right. Um, safe with the ball, pound the rock, and just move the chains. Continue. Yeah, Cole and Lee are excellent at crossing routes, yeah. you know. Uh, Safari and Jenkins will provide you a better target all over the field than what you had last year. You don't know if the Jaguars will add to that position in the draft, the tight end position. So I think Kessler as a backup could definitely work here. Yeah. We'll just we'll see if they have other plans. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Um, it is mock draft season. So we're going to look at Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay's mock drafts. Their most recent mock drafts, they go two rounds. And then we are going to get into our own Jin Jag mock draft. Each of us has done the first three rounds, what we think is going to happen. So we'll go through that, and we'll read off Hunter's for him since he's not here today. But uh, before we get into the Jin Jag mock draft, we'll go ahead and do a little look-see here at Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay from ESPN's mock drafts. Mel Kuyper... He has DJ Moore to the Jaguars. I believe he had DJ Moore to the Jaguars in his last mock draft, too. So that's a pick he has kept there. You want to start talking about DJ Moore a little bit? What you think about that pick? And at number 29, does it make sense to you? Yeah, I mean, he's a lot. He's very similar to a player from Maryland, uh, Stefan Diggs. Mm -hmm. A bit bigger. He's, I think he's thicker, but actually not quite as tall. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got a little more bulk to him. Yeah. He is an absolute nightmare to tackle. I mean, he just he's like a pinball machine. He, he just bounces off tacklers. I see, he had so many underneath routes that he would not juke people, but just run through the tackle. Mm-hmm. Or just, like, if you, if you try and tackle him below the way, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't care. His balance is so good. Um, there would have to be a couple wide receivers taken off the board for me to okay. really. And who are those? Cortland Sutton, um, uh, Ridley. Um, Which I think everyone definitely would. Consensus Ridley will be off the board. Yeah. Cortland Sutton, you don't know. Yeah. He could be there, he might not be. I mean, guy like James Washington, even a guy like DJ Chark. Yeah. Um, there's just yeah for me Chark and I don't know Washington has starting to scare me a little bit for some reason I just feel yeah. like his game's not complete like Cortland Sutton's game. Well, compare when you compare it to him, then yeah, I can like, when you compare you know it to saying? Sutton, you it's easy to say oh well maybe this guy isn't that good. Yeah, but a lot of people are going to look like that against Cortland Sutton. But I start comparing him like one-on-one to some yeah. of the other top receivers. And Washington, for me, was my favorite guy at the start of this process. But, like, DJ Chark, you go back and watch his film and then watch him run a 4-3 at the combine yeah. and see that athleticism. You're just like, can you pass up on a guy like that? And to me, we've got a bunch of smaller guys who can be physical. I mean, maybe not to the point that DJ Moore cared, but... It's it's more of the same of what we have. Yeah. Um, yeah, he doesn't bring... A, I mean, he might bring the added element of being a better player than the guys yeah, we have. Exactly. But he doesn't bring like a different play style than the yeah. guys we have necessarily. He doesn't bring you a big-bodied receiver, which is really what the Jaguars don't necessarily have. 
Yeah, I mean, they have a ton of speed. Um, right. Keelan Cole's really fast. Dee Westbrook's really fast. Marquise Lee's fast. Um, Rashad Green's fast if he's back. Uh, so, and I mean, Dante Moncrief, he's a burner as well. And even now, I guess you could consider Austin Sperry and Jenkins as kind of being maybe their bigger body target. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is does play a different position, but he can fill the role of a big body, like red zone target kind of yeah. guy. So... Maybe that's not as a big deal to the Jaguars, but for me, there would have to be a run on wide receivers. And for some reason, I keep hearing that it's a weak wide receiver draft. I do not get that I don't that get one, it. I do not see it. I don't follow that either. There's so <laughs> many receivers that I think are going to be, at the very least, good. Yeah. Like, quality wide receiver twos, a couple wide receiver ones, a lot of wide receiver threes. Oh, yeah. I, I think DJ Moore is like a wide receiver two. And then yeah. maybe like maybe a, maybe a wide receiver three even. I mean, look at Stephon Diggs. I mean, he's he's been a great player, yeah. but he's still playing the number two fiddle to Adam Thielen. Right. So I mean, he could potentially be following in his footsteps. Yeah. Now, one thing that we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, he is an excellent returner, which the Jaguars have been looking to upgrade their special teams all off season. So. If that had any factor into it, maybe that would help the Jaguars take him. I personally wouldn't take him at 29. I wouldn't even consider it. Because if you're if you're telling me Cortland Sutton, DJ Chark, James Washington, um, and Ridley are all off the board, then you're also telling me that there's some offensive linemen that are there. At exactly. That's that you really like. They would have to Four really they would have to be really keyed in on wide receiver. Yeah. For a guy like DJ Moore to for to me. And I don't think they really need to be. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if that actually plays out and I don't expect it to. Even more interesting is Todd McShay's pick to the Jaguars, uh Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He says, you know, you bring Lamar Jackson in, he's immediately competition for Blake Bortles, who's on a fair point. He is on a very team-friendly deal right now, salary-wise, Blake Bortles is. So, as Scott takes a sip of his beer, (laughs) he's like, well, let me tell you here. I mean, it's crazy to me, but, man, wouldn't that be exciting? It would be exciting. There's no doubt about it. There would be so much buzz around the Jaguars. There's going to be buzz around the Jaguars this season going into the season regardless. But you add Lamar Jackson to yeah. that mix. Now not, now not only do you have the most exciting player in the draft from this year's draft, you also have the most exciting defense. You have Leonard Fournette, who was the most exciting running back in last year's draft. You've got the best guard in football. Yeah, from but free agency. Of people, I mean, you've got a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's exciting. Mean, it's exciting thinking about, but to me, I don't know how well he fits. I mean, there are still some questions about his consistency. Um, he's got big play potential out the wazoo. Yeah, but I think I would rather have Lamar Jackson than DJ Moore. I'll say that at that pick. Yeah, I yeah, I just think he's a better football player. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, is Lamar Jackson actually a quarterback? I mean, if you watch the guy throw the ball, he's a natural passer. He really is. He's inconsistent. He can make every single throw you ask him to. It's just he might do it four times out of ten. He might do it eight times out of ten. Right. He just... And I think you can clean that up a little bit and make him an effective NFL quarterback. And, I mean, you got to change your offense to support what he does. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You would, I mean, Which, you could even think, He could probably do a lot of what the Jaguars have been asking Blake Bortles to do. Look how quickly Bill O'Brien switched over what they did in moving Houston with Savage Deshaun Watson. To yeah. Deshaun Watson. I mean, not, nece- not necessarily thinking that it's going to be that drastic of a change going to a complete, like, triple option kind yeah. of offense. But he's such a weapon as a runner. No doubt. It would be, it would be so hard for me to think. You could have another Michael Vick. On your hands. I mean, yeah, Randall Cunningham. Yeah, just a guy who can absolutely just dominate a game without even throwing the ball. He's just a constant threat to throw the ball, or you have to worry about not, you can't pin your ears back because if he gets outside, God forbid, he's yeah. gone. And if they do take a guy like Lamar Jackson, 
Just imagine Jackson to Moncrief, Jackson to Cole, deep downfield. Yeah. I think you'd be seeing a lot of deep passes. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of play action. It'd be exciting to watch. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's hard for me to think that this will happen. Yeah. It's fun to think about. It is. And I don't think it'll happen either. Yeah. I'm with you. But it is a fun. And crazier things have happened. Absolutely. The Jacks could just be like, you know what? Whatever. Screw it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not necessarily a pick that immediately makes you more competitive in 2018. Yeah. I mean, I think it does, but maybe, I mean, he might not start. Yeah. So, if he's your best available player, I'm all on board for taking him. And, like, he wouldn't be my pick, but I wouldn't be upset with the Jaguars one bit for taking him. Not at all. Round two is really weird. These two picks, I don't think either of them make sense from Kuiper <laughs> or McShay. Uh, tight end Jordan Akins from UCF is who Kuiper has the Jaguars taking. There's a lot of really talented tight ends in this draft, and I do not think in any way that this guy should be round two. No. He's a big, pretty athletic guy. Really big. But that is just too early for my tasting. That, and that would mean that three others at least. I would say that means ends. Mark Andrews. Well, I would say Four. Yeah. Hayden Hurst, Mark Andrews, Goddard, Jacecki, and I would even there's a couple more tight ends that I would have in front of Aikens too. Yeah. That I can't remember the Indiana tight end, but yeah, I would have uh, him in I'm front thinking. of in front of Aikens right now too. So I mean, at least five guys for me that I would have in front of him. Are we, are we, yeah, are we really gonna have five tight ends taken in the top sixty? I don't. Know. Yeah, I don't see that happening at all. I don't. I don't think anyone is gonna draft that guy in the second round. I don't think he might not go in the third round. I, I don't see that pick. Uh, Jordan Lastly's another guy. I don't know where he'll go either, but he's a really athletic receiver from UCLA. Great deep ball guy. But he has off-the-field issues. He's been suspended multiple times. Um, and he was the nation's leader in uh, drop percentage. That sounds like he's growing up in Marquise Lee's footsteps. Yeah, right? <laughs> the Jaguars might love him then. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't like the pick. He's off. I mean, if you have off-field issues with a guy in the second round, he better be a stud. And he's immature. He shouldn't be leading the nation and, uh, you know, drop with, with potentially the best quarterback in the draft. Right. With, with Rosen throwing him, yeah. throwing the ball to him. That's and like we said about Aikens, I just think there's better players that are going to be on the board at that position at wide receiver. I don't see it. It's weird. If you're going to take a risk from me on a wide receiver, there's other wide receivers I would take the risk on later. And lastly, you might even be able to take a risk on him later. He might be there in the fourth round. Yeah. You don't know. So uh, I don't see either of those picks at all. Are you in agreement there? Yeah. I mean, the closer we get to the draft, the true what they actually feel starts to come out. Yeah. This is just to drag people along. I mean, we're getting close now, though. Yeah, we're a couple weeks out. I mean, what's the end of this month? Yeah, it's like 24 days away, a little over three weeks. They still got like 16 more mugs <laughs> that they got to put out. So this is just like, <laughs> this is like early. This is still way early. Okay, I feel you. <laughs> All right, so this episode, as every episode, presented by Bold City Brewery once again. One and only sponsor of the Gin Jack Podcast. They're going to have 1901 Red Ale and Vernon Pills out in cans at grocery stores and gas stations near you. So make sure to check those out uh, whenever you're at your local watering hole or at a, a gas station or or grocery store. Uh, check them out, boldcitybrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. And of course, you can go hang out with those guys over there on East Bay Street, downtown, or on Roselle and Riverside. Thanks again to Bold City Brewery. And without further ado, we are going to get into our Gen Jag Mock Draft 1.0. We'll talk a little bit more in depth about these players that we see the Jaguars taking. And since Hunter's not here, we'll let him go for... Actually, okay. Scott made a last-minute change. So yeah, we'll go with uh, with Hunter's first-round pick first, and I'll just say it for him. It's Mike Jacecki out of Penn State. 
Scott originally had the Jaguars taking Mike Jacecki, but flip flopped at the last minute. So I'll let Scott talk a little bit about Jacecki and why he thinks Hunter would have the Jaguars taking him in round one. Yeah, I mean he's just an athletic freak. Um, he's a big body guy. He's six five, two fifty, almost two sixty. Um, he is an adequate blocker. I mean he's more than willing, and he, he you know watch. I watched a couple of his games before I came over here, and he's absolutely capable of blocking who you ask him to. It's not all. It always doesn't look great. It might, but he tends to get the job done. But then you'd go to what he excels at, and that's receiving. He's just an athletic wonderkind. <laughs> I mean, he makes some catches that makes it look easy where a wide receiver, it would just be it would be a difficult catch, like a catch falling out of bounds with a toe tapper. Okay. I mean, as in a guy in a 6'5", 260 body. Um, There's no doubt he's a freak. He's, he's scored nine touchdowns last year in 13 games. I mean, he's a red zone threat. He can dominate the middle of the field. Um, there's not a lot of holes in his game. I mean, you would like a little bit. But he, he caught 57 balls, uh, about 500, 600 yards on the season. He's just, before we signed Austin Safarian Jenkins, I thought it would, was much bigger need at tight end. Now, not so much, but, I mean, when you have a guy who you feel can do everything, it's, it's hard not to, not to take a guy like that. I mean, he can do anything you ask for him as a receiver. Yeah, and I, the Jaguars haven't really had that. Julius Thomas was supposed to be that, but I think, looking back, it's really easy to say Julius Thomas was a product of Peyton Manning. Absolutely. <laughs> and 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 the, I think the and Broncos the Broncos understood so much better than anyone that's had him how to let him win. Yeah, and it wasn't a three yard out. Nope, not one bit. <laughs> you know, you got to let him attack the middle of the field. Yeah, but that's Hunter's pick. I would respect that pick, but I wouldn't. I would be. I would get excited about it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't immediately be excited about it just because I do think. He provides you the same thing Safarian Jenkins provides you immediately. And I think there might be a better player on the board. Yeah. In my mind. <laughs> now, since you flip-flop from Jacecki, yep. let's talk about who you took and why you took him over Jacecki. I took Cortland Sutton. Um, I, I just... I, we, we, I feel like we've all fallen in love with the guy. I'm worried that he's not going to be there when we pick, which he very well could be. He very well could be. I mean, there, there there's a lot of things that could happen, but he's just so unbelievably fluid for for a wide receiver. And then you realize this dude's like six four, yeah, two twenty, two fifteen. He shouldn't do the things that he does on a football field, right? He's an Dominant red zone player and borderline elite on most other things. I mean, he's a big physical dude who could run like a gazelle. I mean, I can't talk enough about this guy. Yeah, he can I do love everything. Him. I mean, he tested incredibly at the combine 4 5, 40, 35 inch vertical, 35 and a half inch. And that's not a crazy vertical, but for a guy that's 6 3, 6 4. That's more than enough. Yeah. And he tested incredibly well in the shuttle drills, which tests the wide receiver's quickness. And he's the most natural receiver in the draft. Mm. Uh, I compared him to T.O., I believe, a couple weeks yeah. ago. And then he came out this week actually saying that he tries to emulate T.O. on the football field. So, I mean, it makes sense to me. That's what I saw. They don't have the exact same body type. You know, T.O. was just insanely chiseled. Oh, yeah. But I think... He can have a similar type of impact because of his fluidity on the field and have the same physicality because he's still he's 215, 220, 6'3. Uh, and he'll he'll run by you. That's the thing. Yeah. You don't really expect a guy like that to be able to run by you, but he he does. That's where he can he can set you up so well because he can he can outman you with his physicality, or he can blow by you. Mm -hmm. You can't be ready for both. There's just it's impossible. Yeah, and he really strives for greatness. Uh, you can tell if you follow him. 
And he we've seen him talk. He fought through a lot of quarterback issues while mm-hmm. at SMU. I mean, it was, and it didn't slow him down statistically at yeah, all. Yeah, he still went out and dominated and made him look serviceable. A lot yeah. Of times. So that is a pick I would 100% be on board with. I want that pick. Like that would be my favorite pick. I think. Yeah. That's what my heart wants. My (laughs) head is like, maybe we could do something different. And and also, when we talked about earlier, he provides something that none of the other receivers do. He's just that different... Big, physical, fast. He's he's the only guy that would be on the Jaguars roster that you you would say could legit be a number one in any system. Mm -hmm. We'll see if it translates, but I think it will. I think he's going to be a stud. Uh, So... On to my first round pick. Right guard Will Hernandez. Uh, he is just too bad. good to pass up on. Yeah. I think you have the ability to go ahead and make your offensive line not just average, but above average. And blocking for above average running backs, you get the above average offensive line. I think that I think it just sets you up for greatness. He's a mauler. He's really, really big. He's really athletic. Great tape. Dominated the Senior Bowl and at the Combine. He's can't miss. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 take, you take one of the weak spots of your offensive line at the AJ Camp position and put... It's hard to say one of the best players on the line because Linder and Norwell are so good. But, I mean, that... It's a conversation. Who's who's the worst guy on that line? I mean, at that point, I think you have to say Parnell. Parnell, and he was a difference maker last year. Yeah, he year. was good. He we the line was markedly worse and noticeably worse when he went out. Yes, especially in the run game. Yes, and that's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be that would be such a good pick for what they want to do and yeah. what they strive to do. God, I would feel bad for defenses. Trying to right. deal with that line and tackle Leonard Fournette. I mean, just thinking about that anterior line. You have Linder, Hernandez on the right side, and uh, our uh, new boy, Andrew Norwell, on the left side. That is a monster interior. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do you do against that? Yeah. So, oh. like, after weighing out all the options, I thought that was the best option for the Jaguars. Because they want to do what they did last year. They want to run the ball. And they want to do it more effectively than they did last year. How do they do that? Go sign the best right guard, or left guard in free agency, Andrew Norwell. And draft the best guard in the draft, Will Hernandez. That pick, I think, more than any of the other picks that could be made, impact a grouping to make it go from... Good to elite. Yeah. I mean, if you take Mike Jacecki, you certainly hope that he'll make turn it into an elite grouping. But with the, with the tight end being so few, it's it's hard to say for sure, unless he just absolutely blows up. Yeah. Cortland Sutton, he would really have to do a lot of heavy lifting. Plus, they would have to focus on the passing game. More than they seem to be wanting to. Yeah. yeah. And, I, I mean, taking that pick, if he plays... The way he's projected to play. Which it seems like there's no reason he won't. It it would lead to me thinking that this offensive lineman could be not just above average, but great to elite. Yeah. I it mean, could be a really, really good offensive yeah. line. God. That's exciting to think about. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, all these picks are exciting. That's The draft season is so exciting. And uh, so let's go ahead and get into round two. We'll start with Hunter. He's got wide receiver Dante Pettis, who I know our our guy Mike K has a big man crush on too. Yeah. Uh, Dante Pettis, his brother Austin Pettis was in the NFL. I think he still might be. Um, but Dante is from Washington University, out there in the Great Northwest. Uh, he's a wide receiver that, while he runs routes very linear, he's shown a lot of ability as a returner. Yep. which is like not something you would really expect from a guy who's more of a straight-line runner. But he's got enough shiftiness to really be effective in the open field as Scott's over here chuckling at Titans gear. <laughs> you know, you saw... Oh, my God. Yeah. They just, there's another picture that got leaked. Yeah, so and go check just, that out on Twitter. What account not, is this? It does not look better. It's uni swag. 
at Uniswag. Go check it out. <laughs> so, back to Dante Pettis. I think he's an impressive player. For me, I don't think he's a second-round wide receiver in this draft. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a couple guys that I still would would like and would anticipate would still be on the board. I think he's good. I mean, I wouldn't mind at all having him on, on the football team. Yeah. I mean... It, I would be underwhelmed by the pick. Yeah. Personally. But... I mean, a lot of guys like this guy a lot. So he's six foot. He's only 186 pounds. That that's a little worrisome. I mean, are you adding another guy that you already have? Yeah. Uh, I think he'll be a good player. I don't think it would be a mistake if the Jaguars drafted him, but I don't think it's the best option. It's yeah. To me, it'd be a bit early. I mean. For there, there's a lot of people like, especially the guy that I have in mind that I that I took that I'm hoping will be there, but I'm worried about who would make me who I would love just just more. I yeah, mean, I mean, yeah. is I don't think Pettis is too much different than like Dante Moncrief or Keelan yeah. Cole. How much better does he make the group? Yeah, I don't see that one, but who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Hunter could. They're gonna take Dante Pettis in the second round, and Hunter's gonna laugh at us the rest of the offseason. Yeah. I hope he. I, I, if we draft him, I absolutely hope he's he does. Yeah. All right, Scott. Let's get to your second round pick. Who you got? And your first round pick again? My first round pick was Cortland Sutton. Uh, All right. My, so they've addressed big bodied wide receiver. Yeah. My second round pick, who I hope falls to us. Uh, would be James Daniels, center out of Iowa. He can play guard. Yeah, he interior offensive line. Interior. That's because how I would, uh, to me, phrase Linder him. can play either. This guy can play either. I don't think they want to move Linder back, but I think they want to get the best five offensive linemen they can. So if, I think if, they if this guy is strictly a center, yeah, there's no reason they w- they wouldn't they wouldn't avoid moving Linder back. I would, I would hope because this guy, I would hope you're right. This guy, I think, fits so well into what we do. The way he moves is just unbelievable. It's I mean, a lot like Brandon Lunder. Yeah, he's he's so agile, and you know these Iowa offensive linemen. I mean, they they are just a different breed. Yeah, but the, to move like this guy and have the physicality and strength. It's like the Aaron Hernandez pick. Maybe, maybe not. Aaron Hernandez I, Not Aaron Hernandez. Oh, my God. Will we Hernandez. We apologize to all Will, of our listeners. Will Hernandez. <laughs> I start talking and... <laughs> Words just keep coming out. Sorry. Okay. It's like the Will Hernandez pick. It's not as flashy, but it's something where I think it can make a big impact on an already improved group. I agree. Um, I like him. Yeah. I mean, he's a... My fan. He's a... He's I don't a, know if he'll be there. I don't either. I'm worried because there's a lot of people who are seemingly pushing him up the draft. Yeah. And I'm hoping that he'll slip down. But we, we've we got a lot of people on the roster. We do have a couple extra draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I, I would like the pick for sure. Yeah. I would be very happy with your two first picks. Oh, thank Portland, you. Sutton, I think I'm doing a bang-up job. I think so, too. Now we'll get to my second round pick. Right tackle out of Oklahoma, Orlando Brown. Ooh. I think uh, you take Orlando Brown here, you have zero chance of your offensive line not being a good, good group this year. And you have zero chance of having those lulls in the run game like you had this year. Because you now have depth at right tackle and at left tackle, really. Which you already have Wells, who can play both as well. You have somebody that could potentially replace Jeremy Parnell as early as this year. And if not, he's just an awesome backup to have this year. And then he will be your right tackle of the future. And you've solidified your offensive line to dominate in the trenches for the next four to five years... 
and you already have your defensive line set up to dominate the trenches for the next four to five years. You win in the NFL by dominating the trenches. This does that. He tested incredibly poorly at the combine. His <laughs> That's tape, an understatement. <laughs> his tape tells a different story. Though. It, it he is does. a good football player. He's big and strong. He's not athletic. It's not showed, an athletic guy. It showed a lot when people didn't expect him to test well and were still shocked. I mean, he had the worst combine of anyone of all time. Yes, he that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> he did. And offensive line, he had. And I get that's why he's not going to be a first round pick. Yeah, that's why. I mean, his tape tells you he should be he, a first round pick. Watching him play, he was dominant at times. He yeah. would a lot of times kind of go off and do his own thing, just take a guy one on one. But he would usually win. Yeah, and uh, just ask Baker Mayfield about oh, yeah. about him. I'm sure he'd give a glowing review. Yeah, I mean. It's a lot easier for me to fall in love with a guy who has a great combine. It is. Than it is for me to give a guy a pass for having a bad one. Now, there are certain cases where that exists, but it's hard for me to believe a guy in today's day and age can be so unathletic and handle guys like Von Miller, Khalil Mack, um, Unique and Gakwe, which if he would be on our team, he wouldn't have to. But it's just it, it, it. That's how he would, because he get to go against him in practice. <laughs> True, it would it would make him better. That's for sure. But I mean, I hated him at Oklahoma, so that means he's a good football player. Yeah. But as the if, guy is six foot eight inches tall and three hundred fifty pounds with thirty five inch arms, the reason yeah. if he is successful in the NFL, it's not going to be because of his athleticism. It's going to be because. He can physically dominate you, yeah. and he can get his hands on you before you can get your hands on him. That's true. And, uh, yeah, if you just look at his tape, you see a guy who, I believe he was even an All-American. Yes. It's, yeah. I'm worried about how he handles speed, but if if he can somehow figure out how to at least not let it be an issue, this dude's got, I mean, he's... He's got most of what you need outside of me, athleticism. It's, it's one of those value picks where it's like, this is a guy that has shown he really should be a first-rounder based on his tape. If he, if he didn't his stock is dropping similar to Miles Jack's job. Yeah. You know, it's not the same situation, obviously. Miles Jack's a freak athletically. But there's a situation that's happened after football. Before the combine, he was talked about like a lot for a top 15. Yeah. So... This is a situation that's happened yeah. after the football season where his stock is just dropping, plummeting. Capitalize. You were able to capitalize it on it two years ago with Miles Jack. Cam Robinson didn't even have a reason for his draft stock to drop, but it did somehow, and he dropped to the second round. You scooped him up, and then do it again this year with Orlando Brown. Yeah. That's where I'm at. <laughs> now, Hunter... Getting to his third round pick, he actually has the Jaguars taking Orlando Brown in the third round. I guess it's possible that he could fall all the way that far. I don't think he will. I think scouts are going to fall in love with his tape too much. Fall in love with six foot eight, three hundred fifty pounds, thirty five inch arms. I don't think there's any way he lasts that long. If he does, I'm happy though. <laughs> you know, yeah. Get him in the third round. That's fantastic. We don't really need to get too much into him since we were just talking about him, but. Uh, that would definitely make sense. And in this situation, Hunter would have the Jaguars getting ultra-athletic, pass-catching tight end Mike Gisecki, first round. Wide receiver Dante Pettis, who could also impact the return game, second round. And, you know, Orlando Brown, who could start this year at right tackle or fill in as the backup. Uh, in the third round. So you've addressed offensive line, wide receiver, and tight end. I don't hate that. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, you're addressing a lot of needs. You, uh, I mean, you address tight end, offensive line, and uh, receiver. wide receiver. Yeah. So all offense, which we expect to be heavily featured throughout the draft. Yeah, I mean, it's efficient. I mean, uh, I would have probably used the picks a little differently, but yeah, I mean, there's... Potential and return. Well, if on Orlando Brown's there in the third round, I'm that's a huge. The yeah. yeah, I mean, 
for a guy who's a project, projected first round pick, even I think at the third round, I would be more comfortable picking him in the third round just because the va- the potential value yeah. is there. Um, second round might be a little rich for me, but I'm I'm being a anti Oklahoma guy, <laughs> anti Oklahoma and anti just big mauling. Guy. Yeah, it's not unathletic. So yeah. unathletic guys can play offensive line too. It's getting harder and harder to do that though. Well, when you're six eight, three fifty, <laughs> nobody can get your hand their hands on you. Yeah, we'll see. My uh, yeah, my third round guy. Um, I originally had Mike Gusecki, so I went wide receiver for my third round pick. I'm sticking with it just because I probably would have done it anyway because we all love the guy. Yeah, Anthony Miller. I mean, you <laughs> just go watch him play. It was unbelievable the way he put team the team on his back. Mm-hmm. Game in and game out. There's no doubt about it. He single-handedly won them so many games this year. Almost almost beat UCF by himself. Yeah. I mean, the dude can just play football. And he's a gamer. He's tough as nails. I just... That's a guy you want on your football team. Yeah, he reminds me of Antonio Brown. I've said that a couple <laughs> yeah. times. And, like, I'm dead serious. And he tested yeah. well at his... Um, Pro day last week, four four five forty. He had a nice vert. I can't remember. I think it was close to forty inches. And um, that's with coming off a foot injury, right? He just he just got rehabbed and recovered from his foot injury that he sustained. Um, I love the guy. If he's there in the third round, I would be totally down with the Jaguars taking him. He, like you said, is just a gamer. He's out there to make his team win the game. Uh, he regularly wins jump balls, even though he's not the biggest guy. He's only about 5'11", 200 pounds. But he's winning jump balls. He'll run through you sometimes. He'll juke the crap out of you sometimes. I mean, he can do everything on the football field. Um, he's had some drop issues, but it's not due to ability more maybe focus on certain plays. And, and with the volume that he gets yeah he, he's seeing so many more targets that more drops should be expected right it's just numbers it might be a smaller percentage but the, the volume is so high that the drops are you know rising at an equal value yeah for me he's a guy that should be taken in the second round yeah a I, lot was, of people don't like him as much as we do. A lot of people think he's really just a wide receiver three. I see Kendall Wright comparisons all the time. I think he's a lot tougher than Kendall Wright. I think he's just not a different. I think he's a different player than Kendall Wright. He reminds me a lot more of Antonio Brown. But. Yeah, and we, I don't know if you did, but I know me and Hunter used the fan speak um, on the clock. Yeah, I didn't do that. Um, I saw him in there, and I didn't even look. I didn't even care who else was was on there. Yeah, and I know people are going to be like. And that wide receiver's room is kind of full. Who cares? If he's a good football player yeah. and he happens to make it on the field above Lee and Moncrief and Cole and Westbrook, that's just on. better for your football team. It is, no doubt about it. I'm with you. So if they double down and get two wide receivers this draft, okay. It seems unlikely. It does. But yeah, I, w- I wasn't targeting I wouldn't him. hate it. It was more I, I picked the player, not the position. Yeah. Because I just... I saw him, and I was like, this guy in the third round is just too much value. Yeah. Value. That's Teams love value. No doubt about it. Now, I've got our first defensive player in this draft. I didn't see this coming. Cornerback Duke Dawson, Florida. All right. Nickelback, the Jaguars immediately replace Aaron Colvin. Of course, they did sign uh, DJ Hayden in free agency. But Duke Dawson is a much better football player than DJ Hayden. I think he should be second-round talent for some reason. I guess there's a, there's a fair amount of talent at the cornerback position, and he does project much better as a nickel cornerback, which is what the Jaguars need than an outside corner. And so some guys are going to be taking over him because they project more as outside corners. But as a nickel corner... I don't think you could draw up a better nickel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he runs fast enough. He's athletic. He hits hard. Uh, he brings the wood. Like So 
when you're talking about what Aaron Colvin did for the Jaguars, yep. he brings everything that Colvin did, but I think he's probably a better football player coming out of college than Aaron Colvin was. I mean, as a nickel corner, you have to be so physical and yet still be a great athlete. Got the perfect blend. Yeah. And Aaron Colvin had a lot of that, and I think I absolutely think Duke Dawson does too. Yeah, and Duke Dawson, he's 5'11", 200 pounds, so he's, got, he's going to be a physical type of corner. He actually ran faster than a lot of people thought he would. He ran in the 4'4s at the combine. Yeah. He's got fluid hips. He's got good hands. Even Hunter said it was real hard not picking him. <laughs> I think there's no question he should be a starting nickel on a team next year. Yeah. I really do. Man, and I would like on... it to be the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. Florida's been putting down some good DBs lately. They're DBU, of course. Yeah. I mean, they've been putting out DBs for a minute. Watch out, Texas is coming up. Joe Hayden, Duke Dawson. They've been putting out so many. I mean, even before Joe Keanu Neal, Brian yeah. Poole. Yeah, they're Atlanta guys. Um, all the safeties that came out didn't end up being as good as they should have been. Matt Elam. Yeah, I was so dishes, I was so yeah. excited about him. Marcus May. Yeah, well, Marcus May is good. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, he's you can't go wrong with with yeah. He, Duke Dawson is just such a he's a baller. I mean, he's such he a is. football player. Yeah, I'd be very happy to see him here. Um, so that wraps up the three round mock draft. We'll probably do another mock draft before the end of the season, or before the end of draft season, I should say. So before the draft on April 28th, maybe that week we'll do a 2.0 mock draft. How's that sound? Yeah, I'll probably change all of them again just because. <laughs> just for fun? Yeah. I, I, it's just, how, how do I feel this week? What am I, what's, what's the, who's the flavor of the week? That's, <laughs> I, I just get myself, I was watching Gusecki play today, and I was like, man, I miss college football. Yeah. I miss it so much. <laughs> yeah, the guy's a beast. He'd definitely be... He'd be a popular guy around town. Yeah. Yeah, as the, leading up to the season. Like, and I was oh, watching... Superstar tight end. All I was right. watching the Penn State-Michigan State game, and I was like, I don't care about either of these teams. But I was like, I kind of just forgot to watch <laughs> Gusecki and just started mm-hmm. watching watching the game. And I was just like, okay, this is bad. We need football to come back ASAP. Now, before we wrap up the show... We did want to talk about a few other players we would like to watch, keep an eye on. Guys that we would really like to see in Jacksonville, but we just didn't have them picked in this mock draft. Uh, tight end Hayden Hurst from South Carolina. I think he's the best tight end in the draft. He's balanced. He, he really, really did well at the combine. Like, he, he did the, yeah. uh, the wide receiver gauntlet. Looked better than most receivers doing it. Very Catching natural. passes. Natural yeah. pa- pass catcher. He catches the ball with one hand. He can block. He's 25. He's going to be 24 or 25 when the season starts, but I think he's a special athlete at the position and a really natural player, especially for a guy who's playing baseball most of his life. Yeah. Um, Dallas Goddard, he's very good receiving tight end. He'll probably go in the first round. If not the first, he'll probably go... Early in the second mm. round, South Dakota State. Uh, he's an athletic guy. He's he's got what it takes. It looks like to be, you know, one of the better receiving tight ends at the next level. Zach Ertz. A lot of people have been giving him comparisons too. Uh, Connor Williams, right guard from Texas. He's more like if tackle. Please, <laughs> <laughs> I'm projecting him as a right guard yeah. at the next level. A lot of people are. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that a lot. <laughs> I think maybe the Jaguars could like him more than Will Hernandez. I doubt it, but it's possible. And if Will Hernandez is gone, I think he would be a great substitute at that spot. Yeah, I mean, I love the dude. He when he when he went out, it was it wasn't noticeable. It was almost punching you in the face. <laughs> it, it wasn't was, just noticeable. It was. Yeah. Like, yeah, wasn't a subtle change from no. him to his backup. No, it was it was brutal. Uh, also, you know, if we're looking at the wide receiver spot in the first round, DJ Chark is really interesting. Yeah, because that man can really fly. Jaguars got some fast receivers. He would be the fastest. One. Yeah, 
He would uh, give you a different gear. And he's 6'3". He's, he's got some tools. Yeah. He might be the next LSU wide receiver that was underutilized down in the bayou. You know, that just explodes at the next level. That's crazy. How's he just turning him out? They got the talent down there. Yeah. They just don't have a quarterback. Golly. Um, rounds two to three, we've got Michael Gallup, wide receiver, Colorado State, sticking on the wide receiver train. I think he's a guy that would bring a little bit of a different uh, skill set to the Jaguars wide receiver room than a lot of the other guys have. He's more physical, I think. You could get him involved in the screen game, and instead of relying on his speed, which he does have burst and some good speed, you kind of can rely on him playing like a running back a little bit. Kind of the DJ Moore yeah. similarity. Yeah, I think he might be a little more physical with a little more upside than DJ Moore to me, but DJ Moore, I get it. People love him. <laughs> and I, I, I get it, I do, but he just reminds me of a guy that's going to be a good player on a good team for a long time, but not the best receiver on the team. Yeah, I mean, the play, the, to me, the plays, just, we're getting off a little bit, but just real quick, the plays that he made, I don't think he's doing that in the NFL, breaking that many tackles like that. Yeah. And he was just shaking off, like, arm tackles. Yeah, and maybe he will be able to do it at the next level, but we'll see. Uh, Shaquem Griffin. Whew. Preach. This is a guy that, in my opinion, is a first-round talent. Obviously, he's missing his left hand, but he can still catch the ball. He can still make all the tackles. He is a freak on the football field, athletically. I mean, he can legitimately rush the passer, play linebacker, and play safety. You thought the linebackers we had are fast? Wait till you see this. He ran a 4-3 at the combine. He's un. Believable. I just think he would be the. He is so Duval right now. He is so Duval. He. Not only is he just from down the road at UCF, but I think he would just be a perfect fit to work with Telvin Smith. Yeah. I think Telvin Smith would elevate this guy's game. I think Telvin elevates everyone's game around him. Mm -hmm. I think he would really elevate this guy's game. And I think he could do so much for the Jaguars' defense. In terms of, shit, you could eliminate the nickel and just have him play <laughs> nickel and yeah. and Sam linebacker and rush the passer. Uh, he's a guy that can play all over the field. You can line him up at safety and put Barry Church in the box. He can do so many different things. Yeah, he's un- unbelievable athletically. I would love to see him here. Um, and then a little later in the draft, there's a couple risk guys we've been looking at. And one guy that wouldn't be really a risk, but might be a surprise, special teams type pick. You can start with your guy, quarterback. Yeah. Um, shocker from Texas. Yeah, both of, <laughs> all these guys is from Texas and Florida, but they're legit. Yeah, it's not, no, it, it's just what it's what we know, and it's it's people who are that actual, makes sense. Yeah, Holton Hill. He struggled his sophomore year. Absolutely went on a tear his junior year. I was surprised a little bit when he left because at the end of the year he was suspended for a couple games, um, more than a couple games. I think it was almost half the season. But it, it you he really needed another year to show he was not for real but could sustain because the, the jump he made to his junior year was astronomical. I mean, he's 6'3". He's a physical guy. He can run. The knock on him, you know, it was he needs better ball skills. He needs to be better tracking the ball. But he still had he still made interceptions and made big plays. Yeah. I mean, the dude's physical. He could take on blockers. In the fourth round, for a guy who he might be a bit immature, but only twenty one years old. Yeah. He's a young guy, but he's a guy who can play on the outside without a question, and I don't. And you have that in Myrick a little bit. I mean, he he showed some flashes, but I would feel so comfortable if God forbid one of our guys goes down, or just we rotate in, give him a breather. He could fill in absolutely. I think maybe not up to their level, but he would not be far behind as far as learning the position and trying to play well. I like it. Now, 
here's my guy that if you're going to take a risk on a wide receiver, it needs to be this guy late in the draft. Yep. Antonio Callaway out of yep. Florida. If he was not so poor off the field at Florida, he would be a first-round pick and would probably be wide receiver one in this draft. He's he he was their offense. He is an the, absolute freak on the football field. He tests off the charts athletically. He can make every catch. He can win you games. He can make the the play at the end of the game to win you the game. Um, he's a guy that I think suffered from being in college because he knew that wasn't where he belonged. Yep. Uh, and hopefully, a guy that once he actually has his career going and has is in a professional setting. Could kind of turn it around a little bit. Of course, you don't know. That's why there's risk involved, and that's why he's going to be there late in the draft. But I would, I would, if I was a GM of a team, obviously I haven't been able to do the due diligence that a GM would be able to in terms of researching his character and interviewing him and all these things. But if I feel somewhat comfortable with him after interviews and learning more about him, I'm willing to risk him with. In the fifth round. Absolutely. Some people are saying sixth, seventh, undrafted. I would be willing to risk that. Too talented. He would be a top 20 pick if he was no off-the-field issues. Easily. I mean, God. That, the, the, the dude can just play. I mean, he got, some, he got into some trouble with a couple other guys with, I guess, using his student credit card for other things. White-collar crimes. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> That ain't gonna be a problem in the NFL. He's gonna have that. He's gonna have the money he needs. Um, but dude, man, he can just—he's a football player. Yeah, God. really special guy. Now, special teamer, punter Johnny Townsend from Florida, fantastic punter. There's no questioning his ability. Uh, people will say, "Oh, what about Brian Inger?" Well, Brian Inger was our Brian Inger. I just made Brian the mistake Norman. of a century. Forgive me, Scott. Forgive me, listeners. <laughs> Brian Anger is no longer with the Jaguars. Brad Nortman was pretty inconsistent last year. There was games where he really helped the team win the game. I think he had like a game where he had three or four punts inside the 20 or maybe six. I can't remember. Some really crazy number last year. But then there's also the game where he had a punt blocked in return for a touchdown and where he punted the ball 16 yards to set the Rams up in field goal range without moving the ball. So there was inconsistency. The Jaguars have shown that they want to improve their special teams, and they're paying him a little over two million dollars. Yeah. Right, which is it's kind of it's pretty a penny for a punter. Yeah. Uh, so, if they want to kind of move on from him and get a younger guy that's less expensive and probably better, Absolutely. they could go that route. I will take your Johnny Townsend, and I will raise you a Michael Dixon. All right, Ray Guy Award winner from Texas. <laughs> Shocker, another Texas player. We're just going back and forth. On but this if we're talking well. about punters here, we might yeah. as well have the two best guys in the country. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the it's Jaguars, all. if they really are committed to making that special teams even better this year. Which Hunter made a really good point in saying, why are you paying $2 million, $2 million to a guy who gives the ball to the other team? And that's a, it's a valid very point. eloquently said and valid point. And look out for it. Yeah, I'm with you. Thought this episode might go a little short, but we just hit over an hour, so that's good. Um, got in our first mock draft, talked a little bit about Cody Kessler, who again is the backup. He's not here to challenge Blake in any way. And he really didn't cost the Jaguars anything unless they decide to keep him long term. And even if they do decide to keep him long term, it's only a seventh round pick. So, yeah, it's good. Good. <laughs> um,. And then we went through Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay's mock drafts, which were a little bit odd for the Jaguars, to say the least. I think we both agree on that. Got in our first mock draft of the season. So I think it was a good episode. Good times. We missed Hunter, of course. Yeah. Go heckle him for not being here, at Coach H underscore Evans. Follow Scott Klein on Twitter, at ScottKlein1, and you can follow myself, at Jordan DeLugo, on Twitter. We appreciate you listening. Uh, if you missed the beginning, you can go check out our Duval Trucker snapbacks. Those are on our website, available for pre-order. pre-order. They've been a very hot item lately. Every hat or- order also comes with a Duval sticker, so you can uh, get a complimentary sticker when you order a hat. You can check out all of our other fun stuff on the website. 
We've got UCF Jaguar videos up on the website. He talks all about the Jags all the time. You can check out our old podcasts and some of our blog posts as well. We appreciate everybody listening. We hope you have a great weekend, Duval. Thanks so much for listening to the Jinjag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Online at jinjag.com. Twitter at Generation Jag. Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. Block and teal all day. We'll catch you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.